this morning was special. There were two other VIPers on with me for the morning conversation. One of them is sharing how he has a tough decision to make and just didn't know what to do. The next thing I know, the other VIPer, an international one, starts speaking truth over his life. I get a word from God, like I'm going, what? This is odd. This is what I hoped everything a VIP membership would be. And then God's like, hey, stop thinking about that. I got a word I want you to share with him. So now I'm sharing the word I get. Before we knew what was even going on, we were all agreeing to spend the next three days together praying and fasting over this decision. I'm telling you right now, friends, this is not just a VIP group. Like the vip this morning said, it really is a family. So check it out, smalleyinstitute.com. All right, you're going to have to help me out with this one because how on earth does a guy who has a master's in clinical psych, a PhD in psych, who's been in marriage ministry for 25 years, I grew up in a home that was a loving environment, a father who was a worldwide famous marriage guru. How in the world does someone like me end up filing for divorce, drinking out of control, uh, passivity hurting others, timidity hurting others, addictive behavior, avoiding pain, gossiping, all of these things totally spiral out of control. I knew better. I'd been raised better. So what in the world? I had to learn a really difficult lesson. This is the summer of 2019 that shall go down in infamy. Well, that was a hard one for me to try to get out. This whole show is going to be a hard one because I got to admit some stuff and you can have all the head knowledge. You can have the pedigree. You can have the childhood. You can have so many things that set you up for success. But if you mess this up and if you, you might know what it is to have a good loving, healthy identity of who you are. But if you don't actually believe it, you'll know you don't believe it because all you know what is breaking out in your life. And so today we're just going to focus on what does it mean to be a child of the king? What does it mean to have a healthy identity of who you really are? Because when you don't, you file, you drink, you gossip, you lie, you do all of these destructive things that you don't want to be doing that are hurting your relationships. And you might begin like I did, you might start feeling totally confused and powerless, but there's a, there's a solution. Once you embrace who you are as a child of the king, then everything becomes possible. You've embraced your power, you've embraced your identity, and when you can love yourself and know who you are, then you can love others and know who they are. And then this bad, negative, stupid behavior goes away. We're going to focus on 
our identity as a child of the king, I want I want to make sure because you know this is part of being Esther and win back your husband. You can't win back your husband until you win back yourself, until you understand, not just understand, because I understood identity. I could have told you all the things, well, I'm a child of the king, and I am forgiven, and I am chosen, and I am blah, 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 blah. My actions showed a very different story. So if you're, if you're trying to be an Esther, and you're trying to win back your husband. You could be trying to win back anybody. So it could be a husband winning back a wife, but we're focusing on the wives in this series. So if you're trying to do all of that, but you find yourself making poor choices and you find yourself sabotaging it and you find yourself like out of desperation doing and saying things that you know are destructive and they're not helping and well, you keep doing it and and so it was oh around July of 2019, and I've shared all of this a little bit here and there. But um, you know, we were—I was in crisis. We were in crisis. I had filed for divorce in June, and well, she got served in July. Um, I don't even want to give the date because that's a miserable date. Caused an incredibly deep wound for my wife. Obviously, it wounded me as well. It was disfun- It was kind of the culmination, honestly. As I think about all this stuff, I can, you know, you can look at the behavior. You can look at. I really began starting to get out of balance drinking in December-ish of 2018. Um, it wasn't like a raging thing, but it, yeah, it was definitely out of balance. And then the more anger I kept harboring, the more bitterness that stored up. The more, the more, the more it came. The more chaos that erupted in our relationship, the more powerless I felt, the more hopeless that I felt, then it just steamrolled to this point where I thought, man, this thing is so toxic. We are so out of control. It's not going to get better that I, yeah, I resorted. I resorted to filing. And that's not easy, (laughs) obviously, for anybody to do. And for me, it's a source. Well, not a source. I don't want to say it like that. It um, it it's wounding. It breaks my heart. The pain that it caused my wife. Uh, did things need to change? Did we need to get shaken up? Was I thinking? Oh, I just need to shake it up. I mean, I've met with too many people over the years that are like, "Well, I'm going to file for a divorce because that'll finally get his attention. That'll get her attention." That wasn't what I was thinking. Um, but it happened. And one of the questions in July, when I finally, when God dropped this amazing guy, Jim Lang into my lap and we started a six month personal coaching program I did with him. Um, one of the first things out of the gate, he was like, man, who are you? Like what, you know, who are you in Christ? What's your identity? And I was like, blah, 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 blah. And, and he just, you know, this is the, the kind of coach you want in your life, by the way, is the one who's going to be honest. He was incredibly loving, never got yelled at, screamed, shamed, condemned, but he never backed off the truth. And he just kind of listened as I defined and said, you know, who you are. And he goes, well, in essence, I'm not a direct quote. And Jim, if you ever listen, sorry if I've completely missed this one and I'm capable, but. He just kind of, I just remember him pausing going, 
Are you sure you believe that stuff? Because I hear you know what you think you should be. But do you really believe it because of all the behavior going on? I mean, if someone really, if you really understood who you are in Christ, do you really file? Do you really drink out of control? Do you really allow passivity and timidity and, and a uh, deep desire to avoid pain? Do you allow those things to really harm your wife and harm your children and harm your relationships? I mean, is that, does that sound like the actions of somebody who knows and embraces who they are in Christ? And, you know, I just broke. I was like, oh, no. I knew it. I didn't believe it. And I know there's many of you that you might not even know it, right? You might not even realize who you are in Christ. You might not have a relationship with Christ, which of course you're going to be ignorant and your identity is going to be totally messed up. Or you might be like me and you do believe, but you don't really because it hasn't become a heart thing. It was a head thing for me. It wasn't a heart thing for me. And why is this important? Well, it's important because once once you believe and embrace <clears throat> and accept who you are in Christ, well, then the bad behavior is not acceptable. You're not comfortable in that space. You don't want to go to those places. You don't want to get ugly. You don't want to engage when your spouse is being a turd. You don't want to be a turd back because you value yourself too much because of who you are in Christ, this is not a narcissistic valuing, by the way. This is not a prideful thing. This is not a self-centered thing. This is who am I in Christ? And, and if you're a wife listening or you're watching this, you're a part of the VIP club and you're going through this entire course because your husband is shut down, potentially he's filed, potentially he's moved out, potentially he's the one doing a lot of the wrong things, well, you can't you can't worry about that stuff. You got to worry about who are you and what are you doing. And so if, when you find yourself in this situation, in particular, you find yourself doing destructive things and you do them over and over and over again, you have an identity crisis. I'm just telling you straight up, that's what it is. So the question then is, how does God see us? And I made some pretty cool notes here. I'm not given all the ways God sees us. These were just some of the ones that really stand out for me, but this is who you are. You are more than a wife. You are more than a mother. Who you are, and, and what I've done, and I'll just read these out, but who you are, I'm going to give the word, and I want you to write it down if you can, and then I'm going to give you the verse that backs it up. So this is who we really are. Right? We are chosen. That's a good one. First Peter 2, 9 and 10. But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. Do you hear that? The difference. When we embrace who we are, we can't be the same. I can't remain that old broken self. I'm now someone different because I've been chosen. So we gotta, we're gonna tell others night and day of the difference God made for us from nothing to something, 
from rejected to accepted. That's what it means to be. I am chosen. I am accepted. Ephesians 2, 1, 1, uh, 1 through 6, but this is a short part of it. Instead, immense in mercy and with incredible love, he, God, embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. When we accept that we are accepted, we become alive. If you're wondering, where's the joy? Especially, where's the joy when my husband doesn't love me? Where's the joy, my wife could say? Where's the joy when he files for divorce and I get served? Where's the joy in that? Well, the joy is in knowing who are you. The joy comes from knowing that I am accepted and loved by Christ. That's where my joy is going to come from. Definitely not an idiot. I am loved, but God put his love on line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use to him, whatever. So God's love for you and why this is a part of your identity of who you are, God showed that through sacrificial through the sacrificial death of Jesus. That is how loved you are, is even when you didn't deserve it, he loved you anyways. That's a pretty freaking powerful thing of love. Um, We are fit. Jesus answered, if you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you would be asking me for a drink and I would give you fresh living water. So when I say fit, it means I am good to go. I'm going to have everything that I need to live a life that honors God and honors other people. I am new. Now we look inside and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone. A new life burgeons. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 20. So When I embrace who I am, I am different. I am new. I get the fresh start. So, ladies, if you're in the midst of a crisis, I was in a crisis. This part in particular gave me incredible hope. Even though what I did was wrong, even though what I did was the result of a lot of other sin culminating, it was like when I truly started accepting and embracing this, I knew This can change. I'm no longer the same person. I am new. That is who I am. I belong. You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. That's Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. So I belong. I'm not alone. I'm not isolated. You may not have friends. You may not have a good community around you. Your spouse may have abandoned you. Yet because of who I am in Christ, I am not abandoned. I am not alone. I do belong. I have have a tribe in Jesus. We're free. Sin can't tell you how to live. After all, you're not living under that old tyranny any longer, right? And it does feel like a tyranny. When you're drinking out of control, lying out of control, lusting out of control, um, avoiding out of control, angering out of control, 
We're free from all that stuff. We're no longer living under that old tyranny any longer. You're living in the freedom of God, Romans 6, 12 through 14. Oh, here's a good one. Who am I? I'm forgiven. Oh, I needed that one. I'm forgiven. God rescued us from dead-end alleys and dark dungeons. He set us up in the kingdom of the son he lives. He loves so much, the son who got us out of the pit. You ever felt like you're in a pit? You want to get out of the pit? Embrace who you really are because who you are is forgiven and you don't belong in that pit. You don't have to stay there because that is not how God sees you. God did not see me by the mistakes that I made. He doesn't see you that way either. So if you're still in the stupid pit, it's your own stupid fault. Sorry, felt a little aggressive. Son who loves so much, the son who got us out of the pit we were in, got rid of the sins we were doomed to keep repeating. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. Who am I? I am rescued. Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. Don't allow your husband's bad behavior to put you back in the bondage of slavery. Don't allow your parents, your friends, your siblings, don't allow these people because of their own problems to now ensnare you because you have been rescued. That's who you are. You're rescued. So it doesn't matter what these idiots have done to you in your life. That's, you're not trapped. You have been set free and you are rescued. My last one is you are brave. And I, I end with this one because if you're doing the work, like my wife had to be brave, deeply wounded, deeply imp negatively impacted by my poor choices. And if you're going to hang in there with someone that needs to change desperately, you're going to need some bravery. And hey, good news. You are brave. That is your new identity in Christ if you're willing to accept it. So I am brave. Don't be obsessed. Don't be obsessed with getting more material things. Be relaxed with what you have. Since God assured us, I'll never let you down, never walk off and leave you, we can boldly quote, God is there, ready to help. I'm fearless no matter what. Who or what can get to me? Man, bravery is not just, you know, charge. Do, 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 do. I don't know what that charge noise was. That was a pretty bad charge. I'm pretty sure if I went charging at the enemy with, they're not, they're going to laugh. I'm not going to intimidate anybody. You get a charge forward in the face of an genuine enemy of your spouse, of your parent, of whoever's not loving you as you deserve to be loved, you can make the charge. You can be that brave warrior because God's in your corner. The bravery isn't because you can. The bravery because who you are means that God can. And so we don't have to fear. We can be bold because we know, hey, regardless of what my idiot spouse does, I'll be okay. So regardless of what happens to me, God is with me. 
So what am I worried about? There's a thing that if you are wounded and if your husband is wounded by the by your own actions, then there is there is a vulnerability to enter back into a relationship. It's scary. Well, but what if you do it again? Well, wait, what if this doesn't stop? Well, wait, what what if you break my trust? Yeah. All those things are possible because people are sinful. And so it takes true braveness. It takes trusting and believing on who you are to stay and keep pursuing someone that could, in fact, hurt you again. That's real courage, in my opinion. So what keeps us from believing who we are? Well, I mean, we get a sense of identity from our parents. So, it, which is again one of the reasons I was like, "What is my problem? I did not grow up in a home that felt unloving. I felt incredibly loved and accepted. So, what, what, what was my problem?" But many of you grew up in a home, and you literally had to hear, "You're worthless. You're good for nothing. I hate you. I wish you'd never been born." I mean, really disgusting, vile things. And when you if that's you and you're listening or watching, man, that's not you. That was a lie. That was a result of that person's pain, unresolved trauma, bitterness, unforgiveness. And when someone lives in that place, in that space, they're ugly. And it ain't about you. It's about them. But as a child, it would be hard not to embrace that. It's, it's hard not to define ourselves how the people around us, and especially the ones we really care about, define us. But that's not who you are. That's not who God says you are. But if you're struggling with it, it could be because this is a message you've heard too many times. Maybe it was your first husband, and he constantly berated you with insults. And, and if you start embracing it, here's what's really sad. As deeply as it hurt you, as deeply as it is currently hurting you, if you don't reject it and embrace your real identity of being a child of the king, you're going to be doing that back. You're going to be unkind back, unloving back, vile back. You're also going to do and say really cruel, hurtful things. This is why our identity matters. It's not just for me, and it is, there's a big self-care component to understanding and embracing my identity as a child of the king. But if I don't, then I'm going to do what other people are doing to me. I'm not going to be able to make the right choices. You could be like I was, where you do have a head knowledge. You can teach about it, preach about it. But your actions, that's the clue. What are my actions? Do my actions show I truly believe? And that's where Jim confronted me last July of 2019. He said, dude, I don't know. doesn't feel like you actually believe it because why? Why would all this be happening? If you actually believed who you are, because when we believe who we are as a child of the king, we're going to make sure we're treated accordingly, and then we're going to want to treat others accordingly. So... If other people have defined you as worthless, reject that lie. Do it right now. Go, Lord, I reject it. That parent, that person was wrong. I didn't deserve it. And so help me embrace 
who you say I am so that I can now do that because I have it and give it out to others. I think my last thing here on embracing who we are as a child of the king is that ultimately it allows you to do the right thing and you know what the right thing is to do. When you embrace your true identity, that bravery, the um, freedom, the belonging, the newness, being fit, loved, accepted, chosen, all of those things mean that there are times in your life, in your relationship, that you have to do the right thing, even if it means pain, even if it means suffering, even if it means that it's totally counterintuitive to what you think should be happening. You're not only going to be able to do those things, but you're going to be able to do them well, and you're going to know what they are. And when you know what they are, when you know what is right, because you feel and embrace what is right, that's when things start to change. That's when, you know, that's when you're able, when you can do it right and you know what the right thing is to do, winning back your husband, ladies, is going to take some really some difficult choices, right? Are you going to love him no matter what? Well, if you have a good identity, you're going to be able to because you feel loved no matter what. Are you going to be able to be patient? Are you going to give him the time he needs to pull his own junk together? Well, yeah, because you embrace who you are and because of your innate value, infinite value, and, and because of Christ's patience for you, then you can be patient. Are you going to be able to be kind when he's not? Well, when you embrace who you really are as a child of the king, yeah. Yeah, you can be kind when he's not because you don't need him to be kind. When we embrace who we really are, I don't need this person to do the right thing. I don't need to get my validation from this person. I don't need to get my companionship from this person. I'll have everything I already need. So, yeah, you're being a jerk, but that's okay. Not okay. It's obviously never okay for someone to dishonor you. I mean in the sense of it doesn't have to annihilate me. I'm all right because who he or she is saying I am is not accurate. Because I am chosen, I am forgiven, I am brave, I am bold, I am free, I am rescued, I am new. That's who I really am. And all this junk you're doing and saying to me, it can't have the kind of impact anymore, negative impact that it used to, because I finally actually believe I am who God says I am. When we do not know and embrace who we are in Jesus, we run from the right choices and we quit the race. Winning back your husband is a marathon. If you want to hang in there, you got to embrace who you are as a child of the king because you're not going to have the stamina. You're not going to have the energy. Embrace who you are so you can embrace your husband for who he is.